Policy Research Associates is committed to the well-being and wellness of individuals with behavioral health conditions. To help spread information about the importance of the eight dimensions of wellness and recovery, we created a podcast series to address each pillar of wellness. On this podcast, Dr. Crystal Lee Brando, Senior Project Associate at PRA, moderates a discussion with three guests about spiritual wellness. Jimmy Kelly, Behavioral Health Consultant and Advocate for the Inclusion of Spiritual and Faith Practices in Healthcare, Claudia Debs, Yoga Practitioner, Teacher, and Life Artist, and Michael Muriello, an individual with lived experience. Science behind spirituality for positive health is cited, and the three guests share their personal experiences with spiritual wellness and recovery. To learn more about PRA's work on well-being and wellness, contact us at wellbeing at prainc.com. Hi, my name is Crystal. On today's podcast, we're talking about the spiritual dimension of wellness. Spiritual wellness is about expanding our sense of purpose and meaning in life. For example, do you make time for practices that enhance your sense of connection to self, to nature, and to others? Or do you take time to discover what values, principles, and beliefs are most important to you? These are the things that spiritual wellness is all about. Spirituality is not the same as organized religion. In fact, religion is often defined as a set of beliefs and principles that are formed within a group context, often shared by various people. Religion can be thought of as an organized system. On the other hand, spirituality is often defined as the search for meaning. I like the definition of spirituality offered by Dr. Kaiser, who notes spirituality, quote, refers to a broad set of principles that transcend all religions. Spirituality is about the relationship between ourselves and something larger. That something can be the good of the community or the people who are served by your agency or school or with energies greater than ourselves. Spirituality means being in the right relationship with all that is is a stance of harmlessness toward all living beings and an understanding of their mutual interdependence, end quote. Spirituality is not necessarily associated with a distinct set of practices or a set of practices that are agreed upon by large groups of people. Instead, it can be very personal. Regardless of the form that it takes, spiritual wellness is proven to promote wellness and recovery, which we'll be talking about on today's podcast. To help explain spiritual wellness, I'll share some examples from my own life and show how spiritual wellness can be connected to the other dimensions of wellness. For me, maintaining spiritual wellness includes an intentional connection to nature. This connection reminds me that I'm part of something larger. It can include walking barefoot in the grass or hiking in the forest. Spiritual wellness for me also includes taking time out to journal and reflect on my day. I keep a journal and pen on my nightstand, and I record thoughts, dreams, challenges, and anything else that comes to mind. I note the people in my life that I'm grateful for, reminding myself of my connection to others. I also have a vegetarian diet, another way spirituality plays a role in my life. Because of my beliefs of the interconnectedness of things, I choose not to eat meat. Another thing that I do is repeat mantras. Mind Body Green, a website dedicated to wellness, says, quote, When we select a word or series of words to repeat in the form of a mantra, we are affirming it to ourselves and allowing its meaning to seep below the surface into our subconscious, helping to shift our negative habits and patterns into positive ones, end quote. One of my favorite mantras was learned in a Jiva Mukti yoga class at a HeartSpace Yoga in Albany, New York, and it goes like this. Loka Samasta Sukino Bhavantu. The translation from Sanskrit to English is, may all beings everywhere be happy and free, 
and may the thoughts, words, and actions of my own life contribute in some way to that happiness and to that freedom for all. If we consider mantras to be affirmations, which are very popular in Western culture, there are studies that show that affirmations can help people with stress. There are actually neurophysiological effects to self-affirmations. In other words, these practices create positive changes in our nervous systems. But these are just examples of my spiritual wellness tools. As you'll hear in today's podcast, these tools aren't the same for everyone. As I mentioned, spirituality can be unique and personal. There's no one-size-fits-all approach, and different habits and routines work for different people. What's the same, however, is how spirituality impacts each of the eight dimensions of wellness. As you may already know, especially if you've been listening to this podcast series, the eight dimensions of wellness are emotional, financial, social, intellectual, physical, environmental, occupational, and spiritual. In the examples of some of my spiritual wellness habits, we can see the connections to other dimensions. An intentional connection to nature also supports my environmental wellness. In fact, that supports my emotional wellness too. Studies show that spending time in nature helps to reduce depression and improves well-being. What I choose to eat impacts my physical wellness. Red meat is high in cholesterol and saturated fat, which is a very unhealthy fat, so avoiding it is good for my physical health. It's clear to see in just a couple of examples how spiritual wellness is related to the other dimensions of wellness. For individuals who've experienced trauma or experienced depression, spiritual wellness can be particularly impactful. The National Center for Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, or PTSD, notes, quote, aspects of spirituality are associated with positive outcomes. Research also indicates that healthy spirituality is often associated with lower levels of symptoms and clinical problems in some trauma populations. For example, anger, rage, and a desire for revenge following trauma may be tempered by forgiveness, spiritual beliefs, or spiritual practices, end quote. For trauma survivors, focusing on spiritual wellness may help to improve quality of life and instill a sense of calm and peace. In addition to trauma, spirituality has been shown to have positive outcomes for those who experience depression. From a scientific perspective, spiritual practices like meditation actually thicken part of the brain, the cortex, which helps protect the brain from depression. If you're interested in trying meditation, definitely check out our podcast on mindfulness, where our guest Betty Vreeland talks about emotional wellness, mindfulness, and meditation. For more on how activities that we do can transform our brains, you'll want to listen to our environmental wellness podcast on epigenetics, featuring Dr. Peggy Swarbrick and myself. We'll now turn to some personal experiences of spirituality and wellness, highlighting the role of the spiritual wellness dimension in recovery. We're very grateful for these individuals who are sharing their unique experiences with us and hope you'll pick up some tools that you can try for improving your own spiritual wellness based on what they share with us today. Today, we're joined by Jimmy Kelly. Hi, this is Jimmy. Claudia Debs, yoga practitioner, teacher, and life artist. Hi. And Michael Miorello. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you all for being here. Um, To get us started, can each of you please tell us what spirituality means to you? Jimmy, why don't we start with you? Sure. Um, Well, as a traditional uh, Native person, spirituality for me is about relationship. Uh, We're told that there's a harmony between the creator and the creation, that everything that was made in the beginning has life, and that we all have a responsibility to respect that life and our place in it. 
in, in, in many Native traditions, persons who experienced uh, what we would call different thinking or what clinical culture nowadays calls mental illness uh, were often regarded as gifts. And these gifts uh, had benefits uh, that we're all familiar with, like uh, insight, epiphany, creativity, but it also had some difficult aspects like mood swings or cognitive impairment. And these things had to be managed, you know, in different ways. Uh, but spirituality means uh, recognizing that for me to keep myself balanced and, and, and well, uh, I must work to maintain balance in my relationship and to uh, my relationships to those around me and, and where I live. To me, spirituality is an individual's relationship to their own inner life. So it would be consciousness and awareness work or truth work. I find myself sometimes not wanting to define spirituality because it is such a personal process and it really is about each individual soul experience. But that can prove to be a little bit difficult because it seems as though there's a lot of need today for a definition and that there is what can seem like an onslaught of spiritual materialism, meaning it is very external what we consider spiritual. So defining it, I think, is good to a degree for the individual and staying away from keeping it a concrete definition or package, I think, is what it means to me is it changes with, as a person changes and grows. In thinking about spirituality, I just wanted to you know, cover three basic points that are very important for me. One of them is that in my spirituality, communicating confidently when challenges arise is important. At that time, I really want to focus on spirituality as a skill that needs to be applied to remain positioned in my life with what I will call equality. The second is really um, spending time in sheer appreciation of the spirit. Um, that's also a skill, but it's just a more contemplative aspect of it. And finally, knowing when my suffering at any time, and there's a lot of suffering I'll speak about, is greater than my presumptions of health or happiness and so on. And at that time, trying to really unite my spirit to the reality of the spirit itself, uh, that spirit with a capital S. As mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, spirituality is really an individual thing. Jimmy, Claudia, and Michael's explanations of what spirituality means to them really highlights the personal nature of spiritual wellness. Thank you all for sharing. Considering what spirituality means to you, how do you actually practice your spirituality? Like, what do you actually do and how does it really work for you? To me, spirituality is an individual's relationship to their own inner life. It would be their own consciousness and awareness work or even truth work. And I sometimes prefer not to define it because I really feel that there is so much about a spirituality that is really relevant to each individual's experience. And sometimes it can't be put into one concrete answer, especially uh, I think that we are looking for an answer, which is a good thing. There seems to be a lot of reflection on the external to what spirituality looks like. But I do, I do think it's important to, to ask what it means to each individual person, and that may change as a person grows and changes. One of the things that was recommended to me some time back uh, during therapy, actually, with EMDR sessions was that I could actually tailor the EMDR sessions 
uh, with a drum because drumming is part of our traditional culture. Uh, I need to clarify, this isn't the same thing as, as drumming when you pray. That's something I do separately. But that I could actually set the drum into my lap and alternate left and right hand, you know, like with the EMDR stuff, while sort of contemplating or recalling painful or traumatic memories. Uh, this has been very helpful to me uh, because for me it pulls the spiritual component in. Uh, I do feel like, you know, I'm, I'm sort of calling for help, as it were, to, to assist me with this process. Um, so that's been very helpful. Uh, I've also spent a lot of uh, time uh, working on forgiveness uh, Dr. Fred Luskin from Stanford University had published a study in 2008 entitled Forgiveness and Its Impacts on Cardiovascular Health. Uh, this really helped me kind of recognize my own need uh, for forgiveness in my life. Um, I think up until a couple of years ago, I had just become very, very angry about a lot of injustices that I felt had happened to Native people. And uh, it was affecting my, my relationships, you know. People, people weren't really wanting to spend a, long, a lot of time with me because uh, every conversation, you know, I would just shift it over into these, these, these angry rants. And so I really started working on forgiveness. Um, spiritually, I recognized, too, that anger is its own relationship. And I had really sort of cultivated a relationship, as it were with anger itself, and it was destroying my other relationships. So, so for me, just, just working on forgiveness and the EMDR stuff and just trying to, to, to let go of some of those things has, has freed me up a lot to have healthier relationships. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing, Jimmy. And Claudia, how about um, you? How do you feel you actually practice your spirituality? Um, what do you do and how does it work for you? Well, whatever prompts me to connect and align with myself and the divine becomes a practice. So that could change shape depending on where I'm at and what I'm dealing with. I've learned actually in the past few years especially that when, when I'm aligned with myself and my truth, that all acts can be spiritual and that the spiritual life and the material life and the professional life and social life are actually not compartmentalized into a separateness. So regularly, asana practice, meditation practice, chanting, prayer, cleansing my home, cleansing my body, detoxing physically and energetically, you know, playing with my cat, being in nature, seeing live music or art, anything like that connects me to myself and to what I can sense really in my body is my connection to the divine and the connection to spirit and really everything. And what I've found to be most important in all of these practices is that part of what makes them sacred is the discovery of finding what is necessary in that time and space in that moment that reinforces that connection. And I've experienced that it opens up life much more than the mind can even conceive as, you know, a spiritual practice in the moment. For me and my spirituality, evil is all internal. Uh, what this boils down to and amounts is that I can only know my own evil. Uh, therefore, what I'm calling the spirit with a capital S in spirituality really works by dispelling evil from working within me. Um, you know, it works internally. It's not like, you know, I could 
necessarily hear the right word or, or see the right sight and it's gone or something that exists outside of me. It, it's got to be an, in, an internal working of the spirit. You know, this, this problem of evil I've been talking about is, you know, I labeled it with the philosophical term, um, but it's brought really into, into view in my life a real profound need to try and enjoy the message of love that the spirit promises. Um, you know, my spirituality reminds me that I have this capacity to love and be loved and that really the best part of the spirituality aside from being on guard against certain tendencies, is to dwell on love. Um, my fault exists. You know, I'm still at fault. I still have mistakes I make when I'm in love. But my love kind of like treats fault like clearly visible stones that might be on my path while I'm running. I just go around them, avoid them, and I'm cautious. Um, love has no need to mumble under its breath. You know, we... We probably have heard, you know, uh-huh, 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 you know, the kind of like rote listening that just wants to say, you know, I'm not personally in love with you, though I'm doing the compassion thing here. Um, love is more content, I would say, with the charity of just feeling on the inside that, you know, I know this person is suffering and I'm listening. Spirituality is remembering this and contemplating it, and it's really critical because it happens, it's got to happen at the right time. And, you know, I don't have a formula for, for it, but it does happen. And it's not really anything unique. Um, what I think is unique is how it plays out in the interpersonal theater of my life. So these are some really valuable practices that you're all sharing. And I think these are practical things that people listening to this podcast can try in their own lives. Um, we have some behavioral health providers and peers listening to this podcast as well. And for all of you out there, these are also things that you can incorporate not only in your own life, but it also encourage the people that you're working with to try out. Again, there's no one size fits all approach. So trying out what works and what doesn't work is great for learning what's best for you. In life, we all face particularly difficult challenges or setbacks. What these difficulties are varies person by person. Would you please share how spirituality has helped you deal with any particular life challenge? Perhaps it was a one-time event or maybe it's something that you're managing on a day-to-day -day basis. Either way, how has spiritual wellness helped you? I grew up in a military family, an uh, army brat, and uh, moved around and exposed to a lot of different places. And there was... There was always a threat of war, but, but generally I felt pretty safe being in a military environment. Shortly before my 18th birthday, I was told by an Army recruiter that my bipolar diagnosis uh, would prevent me from getting into the military. And when my father retired, um, you know, they pretty much pull your ID card and that's it. You're a civilian now and you don't have access to, to the world you grew up in anymore. Uh, that was something that was, that was very difficult uh, for me. Um, and sometimes still in day-to-day in -day life, you know, feeling like this, this sort of, you know, person from another planet almost that, that grew up in this whole different world that most people can't relate to can, can be very isolating. When I have those days, I, I found that for me, like spending time in the woods or sometime in, uh, or in nature is very helpful because these were things I always had around me uh, when we moved around from place to place. Uh, <clears throat> there was a freedom with that, but there was also an order, and, and I value both of those things very much. Uh, I also do volunteer work now with uh, VFW, Veteran of the Foreign Wars, because uh, for me, and I think for a lot of uh, people who grew up in the military, 
being able to give something back to the military is, is a very important kind of fulfillment, you know, so, uh, so that's one of the things that I do. Thank you for sharing that information with us, Jimmy. Uh, Claudia, do you have anything that you'd like to add um, talking about how spirituality has helped you deal with any particular challenges? Yeah, mostly the external spiritual practices and rituals that have helped strengthen my faith. And in difficult times when it's more common to contract and move away from oneself, in the spiritual sense, the faith that I've experienced in myself, not as an identity, but as a being with a purpose in this life, has been the most impactful aspect of spirituality for me. In this past year, I went through a difficult process of closing a business that I had conceived and created and poured an enormous amount of energy into. And it seemed like it was very much about just, you know, the professional aspect of life or, you know, a personal endeavor. But in fact, the whole thing, it became very clear to me, was very spirit aligned. Although it was deeply painful and at times hurtful and really ugly, it actually reinforced for me the practices that I had to call upon in order on some days to just get through the day, you know, and it was a good reminder also uh, to know that sometimes the process of staying connected to one's own spirituality can be messy or, or ugly. Um, although the outcome is very beautiful and the journey is very beautiful, there are times when it's, it, there has to be permission for it to feel dark, um, unkempt and, you know, not put together. Um, those are some really powerful examples that I think our listeners will be able to relate to. And again, those examples really highlight the ways that spirituality can help improve our overall well-being. You all really highlighted how recovery is all-encompassing. The idea of recovery isn't just specific to people receiving services, but it's something we all go through when we're bouncing back from challenges in life. So thank you. I have another question for each of you. Can you think of and share any examples of times when spirituality helped you stay balanced? I'm wondering if you can share something about spiritual wellness helping you to sustain wholeness or sustain wellness in your life. Yes. Well, balance is very important to me. If I find myself really struggling, it's usually because something in me or in my life is out of balance. I do believe that many of the things Western culture regards as mental illnesses uh, are in fact gifts or, or have gifts embedded in them. So it's very important for me to focus on those things, creativity or learning new information. I really like to spend a lot of time sort of studying, you know, wisdom of the ages, as it were, from, from different cultures and, and how those things apply to my life or help me maintain balance. As a returning student uh, currently in school, so I get to learn a lot of new information. Uh, I, I exercise uh, generally five days a week. I also get to spend uh, three days a week with my grandson, which is very helpful for me. It, it has a real timelessness and sort of balance to it, but also it allows me to spend some time just in his kind of imagination world and, and just play around and be goofy. For, for day-to-day practice, uh, every single morning when I wake up, never fail, I always offer tobacco as a prayer of thanks for the new day. This is something culturally that we do, and whenever I have a meal... I always set one bite out of that meal aside, uh, again, as a, as, a, as a show of thanks uh, for me. And, and I think, you know, the purpose of it in the culture uh, as well is because it reminds us, you know, of our, our place in the world, that we're not necessarily on top of it or more important than everyone else. 
but that the, the, we're just part of it. And as simple of a practice as it sounds like, it's made a tremendous difference in my life just in terms of maintaining balance and perspective. So that's something very helpful for me. I really agree with what Jimmy's saying in terms of balance. I also think that balance is an ongoing effort and it behooves us not to idealize what balance is or what spirituality is in one's life. I mentioned last year that it helped with the closing of my business and that process. It has helped me grieve the loss of a parent. I mean, it's, it's never ending, really. To me, um, wholeness is spirituality. And spirituality is the embodiment of spirit where the heart, body, and mind are in companionship with one another. But it's an ongoing balancing effort, and it behooves us not to idealize balance or idealize spirituality in one's life. It's something I've been studying a lot in life most recently, and I think that when your inner relationship is nourished and strong and supported by your people around you, then you're highly attuned to your body, heart, mind instrument. And when you're in tune, your actions tend to come from a more centered and grounded place. And you can have some major hiccups or mistakes and still retain a wholeness within throughout that process. What I really want to say is that your wholeness and your spirituality is your birthright. And really, there are no tricks to it. The more aware you become, the more you can trust yourself and trust that it's in you and find also really good teachers who want to encourage you to find your own natural way towards yourself. I just have to trust in transformation. And I think that not trusting in the transformation can cause some problems to result also. Uh, some words I found for it, you know, in my life journeys are purification and finding the right balance. I, I don't actually stop and use reason. Um, it's kind of visceral without thought. Again, it's a maneuver like breathing or like the steps that I take. But in either case, um, the help is sometimes total and sometimes partial. I just don't want to hurt emotionally and, you know, emotional pain can get bad. You know, I've thought of a lot of different ways to describe how bad the emotional pain can be. But if you could imagine just like wanting to set out to pray or do some joyful contemplation and, you know, you wind up feeling like you've been kicked. And I felt that way many times. And it's definitely, I think, what provoked a more profound uh, attempt to achieve balance and wellness. I love looking at birds and natural beauty. Um, you know, it's kind of mystical. Uh, birds just contain messages about a hereafter, a heaven, a nirvana, um, and it just transports me into another frame of mind. It's peaceful. It reminds me of, you know, there's going to be some justice. I think, you know, the birds, they get what they need and they live their lives. You know, they fall by the way, like all creatures in nature, but they're pure and simple. Um, yeah, they work for their food, but they, in that they have to eat it and find it, but they don't have to cultivate it. And it's just there. You know, they find a, an insect, a worm, a berry, a stick for their nest. It's just there. And I think that's what I like my spirituality to be in the ideal sense. Just be there for me when I need it. A pure gift of God. And, you know, it's just something that enhances life. 
Thank you all again for sharing all these experiences with our listeners. I think what you've all shared helps to show the importance of spiritual wellness and how it's connected to the other dimensions of wellness. When we think about the eight dimensions, it's important to remember that they are all connected. It's hard to focus on one dimension without impacting another. And I think spiritual is one of the dimensions that really, truly, deeply impacts the other dimensions. Our sense of purpose and our ways of seeing the world around us really influence all parts of our lives. Spiritual wellness really speaks to the idea of holistic wellness. We're talking about a whole person when we talk about spirituality, not separating or categorizing the self. And I think everything you all shared, Claudia, Michael, and Jimmy, on this podcast speaks to this idea of wholeness. So this is really fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Crystal. Crystal, thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much for having me and, and for doing this podcast. I think it's very timely considering everything that's going on in the world right now. So thank you to you. Thank you all for being here. An article in Psychology Today notes, quote, spirituality is a significant part of our human history and evolution. And that ability to conceptualize religious ideas or a connection to others is part of what separates us from the other animals, end quote. We hope this podcast helped to explain the significance of spirituality and the ways in which spiritual wellness can influence other areas of life and other dimensions of wellness. The stories shared here today by Jimmy, Claudia, and Michael highlight that spiritual wellness is an essential component of wellness and recovery. If you are interested in increasing your sense of purpose and meaning in life, we encourage you to try some of the practices shared on this podcast. In addition, you could take time out to think about other things that you can try that are related to spiritual wellness. For example, you can take time to determine what values, principles, and beliefs are important to you and talk about them with other people. You can also take time to learn about different beliefs and be respectful of these individual journeys. For example, you can take time to read about other beliefs to help you become more understanding, accepting, and open-minded. Part of my spiritual practice includes listening to Alan Watts' podcasts on Zen Buddhism and other Eastern practices, for example. This opens my mind to other thoughts, and I incorporate some of them into my own life, too. Use spirituality to drive your actions and thoughts, giving better meaning to life. You can look into a group in your community that deepens your spiritual practice and helps connect you with others who share your beliefs. Of course, you can always meditate or reflect on your spirituality alone and always be open to exploring different belief systems. Be receptive to your own spirituality, even in times of pain and grief. This is when we find out how our spirituality can help us most. And of course, take time to appreciate the beauty of nature when possible. I'd like to note that none of these activities have to be time-consuming. Many of us have busy days, long days, and lots of priorities. But most of us can take time for five minutes of silence and paying attention to our breathing, or even for a 10-minute walk outside. As we go through our days, it takes no time at all to practice gratitude and forgiveness, to smile at someone walking down the street, or say thank you when someone opens the door for us. There are so many ways to incorporate spirituality into our days and into our lives. We hope you find what works best for you. We would like to, again, thank our contributors, Jimmy, Claudia, and Michael, for sharing their stories and their experiences with us. We're grateful for your time and for your energy and for sharing your journey with all of our listeners. 